think that we are good. Say that we are. Okay, I do apologize for that delay. We had a little bit of audio issue there, but I think that we are good. Uh, today we're picking up in Judges chapter 15. So, we did want to welcome you to Bible Studies at the Russ. Uh, we moved our days around because we had some snow, obviously. Um, but we are looking at Judges chapter 15, just in, as we always do. I have, my sub's a little bit different, so if I turn my head, it's because I have a different screen over here. Um, just a quick reminder of where you can find this program. We are, this program is on Bible Week Media. And because it's on Bible Media, it's also on all major podcast platforms. You can watch it also, obviously, in this Facebook group, and then also on YouTube as well. Uh, this will be archived there. Um, I do encourage you, obviously, as the director and instructor, to check out the Online Academy of Biblical Studies. Uh, we did extend our... Enrollment, and so it's not too late to enroll. If you're not sure, just enroll. If it is too late, I'll let you know. So, uh, but we do encourage you to to uh, check us out and, and uh, at least audit classes with us. Tune in and study the Bible along with us, even if you're not a enrolled uh, student. Okay, so let's get into Judges chapter 15. As we've been looking in Judges, we've been looking at the looking at Samson. Samson, as we've talked about before, is a very interesting uh, character. Um, Samson, as we look at Judges 15, we know as we looked at previously, uh, in the last chapter, we know he took a wife in Judges chapter uh, 14. tells us about, as we saw last time, uh, how he went and took a wife. Uh, he saw, saw a woman down in Timnah, the daughters of the Philistines, Judges 14.1. And she, his response to any kind of rebuttal was that she pleases me well, Judges 14 and verse 3. As we continue through Judges chapter 4, we know that his parents were not pleased with his decision. As we look at Judges chapter 4 and verse 3, it says, uh, the, the reply was, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren or among all my people that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? Judges 14.3. As we move forward, we know that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson uh, a few times there in, in Judges chapter 14. And we know that he would take this woman, but as he is basically on his, um, I'm going to call it a bachelor party, or, because it, they do refer to his, refer to the woman as his wife at this point. Uh, a riddle is proposed, uh, his wife is heckled, and then she gives these individuals the answer to the riddle. And then we know as we look at Judges chapter 14 uh, and looking at, um, what is it, he, he says, he tells him, if you haven't plowed, plowed with my heifer, basically if you haven't harassed my wife, you wouldn't know the answer. Um, and then while he was gone, the Bible tells us that his friend, basically his best man came and took his, his wife. You know, Judges uh, 14 and verse 18 is when, where he tells them, if you had not plowed my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. Um, and then verse 19 tells us, uh, The Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily. He went down to Ascalon and killed 30, 30 of their men, took their apparel, and gave the changes of clothing to those who, who, who had explained the riddle. 
Um, and verse 20 says, And Samson's wife was given to his companion who had been his best man. That's quoting the New King James Version. Judges 14 and verse 20. So that brings us up to speed to where we are today as we look at Judges chapter uh, 15. We have an outline here. And I hope this is a decent size on your screen. Um, and so before my setup today is a little bit differently, I'm home because of all the horrendous weather here. Uh, I didn't want to get out tomorrow and go and get things. And so uh, hopefully you can see this outline on your screen. Um, if you want any of these outlines, I mean, this outline is just taken from uh, James Smith, his book, uh, his commentary. But I can send this to you if you, if you want it. Want it. But Judges chapter 15, 1 uh, through 20, uh, breaking down all of Judges chapter 20. And verses 1 through 6, you have the first provocation and response, 1 through 6. Uh, really, verses 1 through 6a, that verse is split in half. Uh, and then we have, as we look at, uh, really, the whole title of this section of Judges chapter 15 is Mighty is His Vengeance, verses 1 through 20. Mighty is His Vengeance is the, the title of this section, of this whole chapter. Uh, so 1 through 6, first provocation and response. Uh, 6, the latter part of verse 6 through verse 8, the second provocation and response. Verses 9 through 17, the third provocation and response, verses 9 through 17. Then you have 18 through 20, a personal crisis, verses 18 through 20. And that gets us, that's your outline for uh, chapter uh, chapter 15 of the book of Judges. So let's get into this and we'll make some comments as we go along. I will put a Bible program up here. And again, um, not sure what I'm doing wrong, but that the font is just not looking as big as it normally does. And so I don't know how much of that you'll be able to see. Uh, so I do encourage you to follow along in Judges chapter uh, 15. Uh, I have tried to enlarge that the text, uh, the font uh, of the text, yeah. I said right the first time. Uh, but it does get any larger than that. And so if you can't see it very well, uh, I do apologize. But Judges chapter 15, uh, we're going to read 1 through 6. Then we'll come back and make some comments about it. Judges chapter 15, 1 through 6. The Bible says, After a while in that time of in the time of wheat harvest, it happened that Samson visited his wife, the young goat, and he said, Let me go into my wife, into her room. But her father would not permit him to, to go in. Her father said, I really thought that uh, really thought that you thoroughly hated her, therefore I gave her to your companion. Is not her younger sister better than she? Please take her instead. Now it, there's a lot of, regarding marriage, there's a lot of interesting things that happen in the Old Testament. We have to keep in mind, when we look at things like this, the Old Testament, there were a lot of things that were uh, tolerated. They weren't necessarily pleasing the sight of God. And, and you go back and look at Samson. When, when this first begins with Samson, the Bible tells us that all these things come about because he was using Samson as a tool to go against the Philistines, right? Um we saw that back in the beginning of chapter uh, 14. Was it 14 or was it 13 now? I've slept since then. Um, Judges 14 and verse 4. It says, His father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord, that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. For at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Judges 14, 4. 
So that tells you the purpose behind everything that's going on here. So we get to Judges chapter 15, 1 and 2. He wants to go in to see his wife. And his father tells that her father tells him that basically they all thought he hated his hated her, and so he gave her to another. Uh, there in verse 2. And then he says, Is not her younger sister better than she? Please take her instead. And Samson said to them, This time I shall be blameless regarding the Philistines if I if I harm them. Then Phil, then Samson went and caught three hundred foxes and took torches, turned the fox uh, turned the fox foxes tail to tail, and put a torch between each pair of tails. And when he had set the torches on fire, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines. Um, this is something you'd think you would see out of a Hollywood movie, uh, but it's not. These are obviously real accounts. So we look at verses one through one through six. Here we find that after the time of really kind of after a time that Samson's anger had cooled uh, because his new wife had already you know been dishonest with him. Uh, during wheat harvest, a time of great celebration, he visited his wife in Timnah with a young goat, and he was there. He was thereby proposing a a reconciliation feast, as some would say. Uh, that's kind of the term they use. The woman was still living here in her father's house, even though she had been given in marriage to a Philistine. Her father prevented Samson from entering his, his wife's room. Uh, he explained that he had thought Samson had deserted, her, uh, deserted his wife for good, and that he therefore had given the woman to Samson's best man, as we saw at the end of chapter 14. And the father tried to please him by, giving, by offering up the younger sister. Uh, obviously, Samson did not agree to that, as it appears. We read nothing about him accepting that offer. Instead, we find that he would go down. Uh, he rounded up 300 foxes, or some translations say jackals. Uh, he put them tail to tail, lit their, lit their tails on fire, and then let them go. Um, pretty boss move, to say, and, and put it in, in kind of a 2024 terms. That's a pretty incredible thing to do. It shows his, his strength, which again uh, was from God. Uh, but, it, but in this context, it doesn't say the Holy Spirit came upon him um, and, and moved him mightily. Uh, so perhaps this was just Samson's strength. He, he, he did this by. Uh, but anyway, he, he, put, he put these foxes tail to tail, lit them on fire, uh, lit their tails on fire, and then let them go there in verse uh, 5. Um, you continue reading in verse 5. The Bible tells us there, uh, and burned up the both the shocks and the standing grain, as well as the five, uh, as well as the vineyards rather, and olive groves. Then the Philistines said, "Who had done this?" And he answered, "Samson, the son, the son-in-law of, of the Timonite, because he has taken his wife uh, and given her to his companion." So as we get to the end of that section, they say, "This is why this has happened. Uh, this is why the, a good portion of their crop was was totally destroyed because his wife was taken away and given to someone else." Okay, so that's the first provocation and response, as we have in our outline. If you remember earlier, we talked about the first provocation. Um, looking now in the latter part of verse 6 and going through verse 8, we have the second provocation and response. And if you have any comments, feel free to put them there uh, in the uh, box there of the, uh, of the uh, live stream, and I'll, I'll uh, answer any, anything you have there, uh, to the best of my ability anyway. Um, so we look there in the latter part of verse 6, going through verse 8. The Bible says, And the Philistines said, Who has done this? Uh, okay, the latter part of verse 6. So the Philistines came up and burned her and her father with fire. So the, the Philistines come up and they kill who was his wife. And then 
also her father with fire. A horrific way to die. I can't imagine. Um, I mean, there's a lot of bad ways to die, obviously. But burning, being burned, is quite, uh, has to be quite terrible. You know, people talk about the different levels of pain. Childbirth, obviously, being very high on the, t on the, on the top of the charts. Another one that's up there is uh, people who, who are being, who burn victims who are being treated. The amount of pain they feel. They have to be so heavily, they have to be heavily sedated because the amount of pain they feel. Uh, I can't, I can't imagine. Um, anyway, verses 7 and 8. Samson said to them, Since you will do a thing like this, I will surely take revenge on you, and after that I will cease. So he attacked them hip and thigh with a great slaughter. Then he went down and dwelt in the cleft of the rock at, at Etam. Etam, according to Strong's here, if you can see that or not, um, means uh, layer of wild beasts. That's what it, uh, that Strong's definition of the word Etam means. A layer of wild beasts. A village of the tribe of Simeon. Uh, a couple of different answers here. One says a town in Judah fortified and garrisoned by King Rehoboam in Judah and located between Bethlehem and Tekoa. A cliff site uncertain. Um, so anyway, this is where he's at, Etam. Um, I'm not sure. Well, I would venture during the rain, didn't we say this was during the reign of Rehoboam uh, in Judges chapter 14? I think that's what we said. Um, anyway, so he goes and he kills. Um, he, he says that he's going to go he, after this revenge he's going to take there in verse 7. That he will he'll take this revenge and then he will cease. Um, interesting that he would tell them this. The things he says here. You know, when you tell someone, uh, you know, since you would do such a thing, I will surely take revenge on you. And after that I will cease. I mean, I'll take revenge on you. And when I do that, then I'm done. Well, his revenge meant he's going to kill people. Verse 8, so he attacked them hip and thigh, a lot of part of verse 8. Um, interesting way to, to use that. Um, Samson sought to avenge the death of his wife and father-in-law and the unfair attack upon them. He brought as much destruction as possible upon the Philistines. Hip and thigh, we might say, uh, you know, he just, you know, we might say he went in and just smoked them or just like great destruction, right? Uh, he attacked them hip and thigh with a great slaughter. And then he went down and dwelt in the cleft of the rock at, of Etam. Um, so he goes and does this, and he goes and, and basically kind of just hides out, right? And so that's the second uh, provocation and response. The third is verses uh, 9 through 17, verses 9 through 17. Uh, here the Bible says, Now the Philistines went up and camped in Judah and deployed themselves against uh, Lehi. I'm, high, I'm, I'm terrible with names. If you watch me very much, you know that I'm terrible with names. Uh, but this means here, uh, Jaw. So Lehi, I, I, I want to pronounce that Leah, but Lehi uh, means Jaw. A place in Judah which must have been in, in the Shephelah, near the border of the hill country of Judah. Uh, another one, another mark says here is just sight uncertain. Um, uh, one thing here, the strong says, a, a place noted for being the location of Samson's killing of 1,000 men with the jawbone of an ass. Okay. Well, there's a little bit of spoiler alert, right, if you haven't known that. <laughs> Lehi is, is known, is, that's what it's uh, known for, that slaughter. 
Um, so the Philistines went up and encamped in Judah and deployed themselves against Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why have you come up against us? So he answered, verse 10, We have come up to arrest Samson, to do to, do to him as he has done to us. Verse 11, And three thousand men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock of Etam and said to Samson, Do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? What is this you have done to us? And he said to them, And he said to them, As they did to me, so I have done to them. But they said to him, We have come down to arrest you, that we may deliver you into the hand of the Philistines. Then Samson said to them, Swear to me that you will not kill me yourselves. So they spoke to him, saying, No, but we will tell you, but uh, we will tie you rather securely and deliver you into their hand. But we will not, but we will surely not kill you. And they bound him with two with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. Uh, Nine through thirteen. So. They come against this town. They ask, you know, what's the reason they come up to arrest Samson? Verse 10. Uh, verse 11 and following, we find that uh, they're wanting to arrest him. The 3,000 men said to Samson, Do you not know that all the Philistines rule over, rule over us? The Philistines rule over us. What is this you have done to us? So the people are afraid, right? And he said to them, As they did to me, so I have done to them. So they basically say, tell Samson, you know, Do you not know the Philistines rule over us? And what have you done? He created all this, all this problems, right? And Samson's reply is that what they've done to me, or he says, he says, as they, as they did to me, so I've done to them. They killed me, they, or they killed, rather not me, they killed, you know, the ones he loved, the ones he's cared about, they caused him great grief. So what has he done? Something similar in return. He's killed many, brought great grief, because that's what they've done to him, right? Uh, verse 12, But they said to him, We have come down to arrest you, that we may deliver you to the hand of the Philistines. And Samson says, Swear to me that you will not kill me yourselves. And they, they made the promise they would not kill him. And they tied him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. Verse 14, When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire. It means they're, he, they just shredded those things off of him, right? Might as well have been toothpicks, you know, nothing. Uh and so uh, he broke, broke loose from his bonds there in verse uh, 14. And he broke loose from his hands. The bronze broke loose from his hands. Verse 15, and he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey. Reached out his hand and took it and killed a thousand men with it. Then Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps. So the jawbone of a donkey, I have slain a thousand men. Now as we think about this for a second, uh, you know, the Philistines were unable to bind Samson, uh, able to defeat Samson in a fair fight. They sought, to, uh, they sought someone among the, among the Israelites to deliver him uh, to deliver him to them. Uh, then the Israelites felt Samson was strongly in, uh, entrenched and would take a mighty force to capture him. They were willing to surrender uh, Samson to avoid war with the Philistines, verse, uh, verse 11. And in verse 13, we found that with a, it was a pathetic thing for God's people to be mistreating one, attempting to fight for them. There in verse 13, they bound, bound him with new cords, right? Verse 14, when he came to Lehi, the Philistines shouted against Samson and rejoiced because he was their prisoner. God gave him power to break the cords which he, which, uh, with which he was bound. Verse 15, the jawbone that was suitable to use as a weapon and in verse 16, a poetic song of victory, meaning that he had destroyed many Philistines. And God caused, as we'll see in a moment, God caused a fountain uh, to spring up in Lehi. The, the hallow place uh, was in the land and not the jawbone, which became a symbol 
of the place. Verse 17 says, And so it was when he had finished speaking that he threw the jawbone from his hand and called the place Ramah Lehi, or Rameth Lehi, uh, which means here, I'm going to drop down here, um, height of a jawbone. Height of a jawbone. Verse 18, So he became very thirsty, so he cried out to the Lord and said, You have given me this great deliverance by the hand of your servant, and now shall I die of thirst and fall into the, into the hand of the uncircumcised. Verse 19, So God split the hallow place that is in Lehi, and water came out, and he drank, and his spirit returned, and he revived. Therefore he called his name in uh, in Hechor, which is which is in Lehi to this day. Uh, verse 20, And he judged Israel twenty years in the day of the Philistines. All right, so there is this great defeat, right? Uh, judging the Philistines, killing thousand, killing what do you say, a thousand men there back in verse uh, fifteen and sixteen with the jawbone of a donkey. Uh, not normal things to take place, right? I mean, people don't normally take a jawbone of a donkey and just kill a thousand people with it. And he describes it here in verse sixteen by saying heaps upon heaps, and all this took place as we back up here. Uh, looking at verse uh, 14, it says here, The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. That's why he could do this. Uh, in this occasion, this had nothing to do with Samuel's own physical strength. The Lord is the one who gave him the strength to to break those bonds as if they were, how's it described here? Uh, they became like flax, verse 14, that is burned with fire. Uh, and his bonds broke loose from his hands. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Uh, I don't believe that ceased when he found the fresh jawbone of a donkey in verse 15 and proceeded to kill a thousand people. I mean, the, the physical toll it would take, the exhaustion it would take, it wouldn't be possible to do that for a normal man. And so it only seems fitting that the Holy Spirit uh, did that with, uh, I must say, for Samson, rather, uh, and gave him that strength, and he killed those thousand men. Now, as you get to Ju uh, Judges chapter 16, and I know this is hard to see in my Bible there on the screen. Um, I'm going to bring up, give me just a second, I'll bring up this other outline here. I do have another one for us today. If we have, it's only 2.27, we started late. So we're going to look at Judges chapter 16 just a little bit, at least just a little bit, uh, before, we get, before we stop uh, for our time this afternoon. is the outline for Judges chapter 16. And like I said before, I know that's probably really small, and so if you'd like to have that, uh, just put a, you know, post something either in uh, the chat box here in the comments, or uh, just uh, uh, put something in the group. If you have my info already, just text me if you want to, and I'll send it to you. But Judges chapter 16 is, the title I have here is Pitiful in His Downfall. And then we have a, a breakdown of it. Now, Judges 16, and I've done a sermon on this in the past uh, for the lectureship there at 39th Street uh, with, concerning Samson and Delilah. And it's a very, it's a very sad tale. It's not one that's, that's, that's good at all, to be honest. Uh, the way he uh, falls head over heels for this woman and the way she treats him, which really goes back to talking about brings to light why we should be careful who we choose as our mate. Mates are going to make mistakes, are going to mess up. People are, are not perfect. 
but when you're when your mate betrays you in a way that Delilah would, and we already know Samson's already been betrayed once by the first wife he chose, even though his parents were against it, uh, he still chose her. And now we find, as we get here, in Judges chapter 16, he finds Delilah. Uh, in verses 1 through 3, and again, I know this is hard to see, 1 through 3, he had, the, he had cornered at Gaza, or Gaza, Judges 16, 1 through 3. Then he had entrapped at Sorek, uh, verses 4 through 20. And then you have here, I'm going to do a quick audio check here as I'm talking. You have bound in prison, okay, you can still hear me good. Bound in prison, 21 and 22. Then you have mocked in a temple, 23 through 30. Then you have a type of an epilogue there in verse 31. So let's go ahead and look at Judges chapter 16. We probably won't get to all this today. I know we started late, but uh, we will in at least about five, six minutes here before we close out today. So let's go and go back to our program, Bible program here. Okay, Judges chapter 16. That's better. Um, as long as you can hear me, then that's really all that matters, right? Okay, Judges chapter 16. Looks at verses 1 through 3. Well, the Bible says, Now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went into, went into her. Isn't that, I mean, you read that verse, you think, okay, things are get, getting very, very bad. <laughs> are bad, you, you could say. Um, he, he goes down to Gaza, he saw a harlot there and went into her. Not the thing to do. God pleased with that? Well, no, of course not. But God has used wicked people and people who have made poor decisions uh, to, to carry out his will numerous times throughout the Bible. I mean, he used David, and David was far from perfect. Um, he was using Samson. As we know, going back to chapter 14, it tells us he would use Samson to move against the Philistines. Was Samson perfect? No, he was not. He had a lot of issues. He was supposed to be a Nazarite, uh, but he was going against that Nazarite vow so many times. Um, you know, being near, near dead, dead bodies and things such as that, as we've already mentioned, uh, I think, last time. But in verse 1, the first thing he does, the Bible tells us he goes down in Gaza, and he goes into a harlot. Now, Gaza was located near the Mediterranean Sea uh, and was one of the southern cities of Philistine, uh, excuse me, of Philistine, one of the southern cities of Palestine. The woman was an innkeeper and a harlot. If we look at verse 2, when the, when the Gazites were told, Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were, all, they were quiet all night, saying, In the morning, when it's daylight, we will kill him. Samson should not have gone down to Gaza. One, he had no reason to go, he doesn't reveal any reason why he went down there other than going to this harlot. He goes down there, what happens? He immediately gets himself into trouble, right? He goes into a harlot, he gets surrounded by these people who want to kill him. Why do you even go down there? Why, you do, why is he doing any of this? Sometimes. Even the wisest person can make dumb decisions. And in verse 1 and 2, that's what's happening. He makes a dumb decision, and now he's gone into a harlot, and now he's surrounded next. We find in verse 2, he's surrounded by people who want to kill him. Verse 3, this will be the last one we look at today. And Samson lay low till midnight. Then he rose at midnight, took hold of the doors of the gate of the city, and the two gateposts, pulled them up, bar and all, put them on his shoulders, and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. 
So what does he do? He just pulls up the gates, pulls up the posts and everything, and just walks out. Um, the Bible, again, does not say that the Spirit of the Lord moved upon him in this section. There are times, as we already saw already, where that does take place, where that is stated. But here in verse 3, that that is not stated. Um, so, you know, as other times he shows his physical strength, I think so. I think there are times where he shows his physical strength and times where, where the Lord and the Holy Spirit moved through him. I'm not convinced that every single time he did something that it was because the Holy Spirit pushed, or not, I won't say pushed, but worked through him. We know, as we saw earlier, if you back up again, it is very specific with that. Look at verse 14 of Judges chapter 15. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Is it possible that the Spirit of the Lord came, was upon him all the time, but in certain cases it was mightily? I guess so. I really have a hard time coming around to that. Uh, either way, um, Samson pulls up these uh, these gate the gateposts, the gate of the city and the gateposts, and walks out. He puts them on his shoulders and carries them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Um, interesting, right? Why did he do that? To show of strength. To to he walks out at midnight, so there's nobody around. But he just rips up the the, the gates, you know, the, the the doors of the gate of the city and the two gate poles, and pull them up, bar and all, everything, and put them on his shoulders and walk down. I don't picture a little man pulling pulling these things up and putting them on his shoulder and walking out. I picture a pretty big guy doing this. Was this, was the Holy Spirit still with him on various occasions? Yes, it was. Is it clear that that's what's happened here? I don't believe so. Um, now, we're going to stop there. When we come back, we're going to look at um, next week, Lord willing, on Tuesday. If the weather is like it has been, we may change it uh, because school closing and stuff. People, you know, My wife and Chloe are here, and so um, sometimes we have to move things around so that it's more convenient for everybody here. Um, but Lord willing, we'll be back here on Tuesday at uh, 10 a.m., We've been trying to do every Tuesday at 10 a.m., and so unless something changes, we will plan to do that. If something does change, I will put it in our Facebook group. I do thank you for being here with me today. hope you have enjoyed this study. Um, as I mentioned before, as I mentioned before, you can find our studies. You can find Bible Studies with Russ on Bible Media on all major podcast platforms. You can find the videos in our Facebook group, and again, also find them, uh, they'll be on YouTube as well. Okay, we're going to stop there. I do thank you for being here with me. Hope you have been encouraged by this, and Lord willing, I'll see you again next time.